There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome to Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends? My name is Emily Lang. I'm an actress, writer, singer, codependent, and ever-recovering addict. And this is the All Open podcast, where I and others discuss the moments, little to large, when we really felt, however briefly, and in whatever capacity, like we had no friends. Today, my guest is the one and only Tom Lucy. Tom is a comedian, writer, and all-around stand-up guy. (laughs) Excuse my comedian pun. He has supported some of the biggest names in comedy, including Jack Whitehall, Michael McIntyre, and John Bishop, as well as making a name for himself on TV and with sellout runs of his show, Melt. So being a performer, while unbelievably great and exciting and magnetic and weird, has a tendency to overwhelm your entire identity. It's why I think a lot of actors, myself included, struggle with being out of work because without this thing, without the permission to flex the artistic bone, who the fuck am I? If I'm not an actor, if I'm not a performer, an artist, how do I exist? It takes up so much strength and energy because you have to be so committed to it that a lot of the time there is very little left for care and a sense of self outside of it. It's a very fickle business. Don't know what you've heard, but it's not easy. And getting rattled by it, thinking that you might get spat out, that maybe you're not good enough, that can be incredibly frightening and very, very lonely. So this is what Tom and I are talking about today. So it is 2017. Mm -hmm. We are in... Bristol, it's February, it's um, evening time. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me exactly what time of the evening it is? It would have been about 8pm. The golden hour? Yeah. (laughs) Happy hour. (laughs) 8 to 10. (laughs) And we are in the the Colston Hall Theatre, the Colston Hall Theatre, which no longer exists, or does still exist, but is called something different. I don't know what it's called anymore, but... For very Mm. good reasons, which Mm. I'm sure you can Wikipedia later. Mm. But here we are, it is Bristol 2017, and Tom Lucy, in this moment, why do you think you've got no friends? Okay, so um, we were doing a few gigs in Bristol at the Colston Hall, mm-hmm. and I was supporting him, so I would go on stage 
before, you know what a support act is. Um, sure, but to, to those, <laughs> those people listening who have never been to a comedy show. Okay. So I would go on stage before Jack and do 20, 20 to 25 minutes. And then he would come on straight after me and do his show. And I was supposed to like warm up the audience. <laughs> basically it sounds quite sort of demeaning when you put it like that but that's what it was and uh went on stage the colston hall holds i think like two and a half thousand people that kind of blimey quite a lot and uh went out on stage this one night and got a couple of minutes into my act it was going fine and then my microphone just stopped working <laughs> just fully stopped working I had a handheld microphone and just really stopped working. And I think it was the most scared I've ever been in my life because I was suddenly stood in front of two and a half thousand people. There was no one at the Coulson Hall Theatre well, standing were, off stage with a spare microphone well, like they do at the Oscars. Yeah, well, normally in theatres there is a spare one in the wings in case this happens, but for some reason there wasn't one. And there was someone in the wings who said, we'll, we'll sort another one out, but it, it will take, it's going to take a couple of minutes. <laughs> it's going to take the rest of your life. So act. I had a couple of minutes, stood in front of two and a half thousand people, none of whom could hear me. And I just completely fell apart. <laughs> didn't know what, did not know what to do. And it was like, started shouting a bit and trying to, trying to make light of the situation by shouting. Mm -hmm. Nobody was laughing. In complete silence, oh. two and a half thousand were just complete silence. And it, it felt like about 15 minutes, it wasn't, it was probably two minutes, but it felt like 15 minutes mm -hmm. until someone came on with a microphone. But I basically think I had a panic attack oh, on, on stage. Mm -hmm. And then I just was like terrified of mm -hmm. performing because mm -hmm. I was so worried that was going to happen again. Mm -hmm. So it just really fucked me up yeah and it even made me be like is this I, I am i like cut out for this job because i i found that so terrifying yeah and so stressful yeah um i was like maybe this is not the right sort of career path for me if i if i find performing that stressful did you find like you know how you sometimes hear these um, like interviews with people with famous comedians famous actors and they like talk about a moment when they're on stage when they like forgot all their lines or like yeah. the music went down and they turn it into this like brilliant anecdote yeah. how like fans like they were so funny they handled it so well yeah um did you find that like you're I don't know I want to say like disappointed by your own reaction mm -hmm. to it but, yeah like, exactly that was exactly what it was I was like mm. I was like I should have handled that better yeah I should yeah, have yeah, been yeah. like funny you start to really shame yourself I was like I, I'm a comedian so I should have made that funny and I didn't. I like completely fell apart. Yeah. And I panicked. And I had two and a half thousand people just staring at me like, this is really awkward. God. So I, it was partly that. It was partly the fact that I was embarrassed with how I dealt with it. Mm. And it, it made me really terrified of performing as well. Yeah. Um, because I would just like be terrified that was going to happen again. Yeah. It's like um, this thing that is meant to be so like fulfilling and so great and so beautiful like suddenly becomes like a source of pain sure and it's fucking awful yeah especially when you do something like i mean you've done all right but i think that was what it was i think before that happened i had never really thought of performing as a scary thing to do i'd always no. just found it really fun and i just associated it with fun 
and excitement. Yeah. And then when that happened, I really was like, oh no, this can go really badly wrong. Yeah, this can go tits up. This is not. And even to this day, I still have that in my head. I'm like, it's, it's, these things can go wrong. Yeah. And like, when if they do go wrong, you sort of have to be prepared for dealing with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just like a big moment where I was like, oh, okay, this is not quite as sort of um, carefree as I thought it was. Mm, mm. I still, it, it, I mean, I still enjoy doing stand-up, but I'm just now aware that things can go wrong. <laughs> I whereas, hate it. Whereas before that, I just thought, oh, I was a bit naive. Yeah. I was also so young. Yeah. I was like, oh, nothing's going to go wrong, you know. Yeah. But yeah, obviously it can. And then you're suddenly stuck in this place when, as well, if you do something like artistic like this, it's very all-consuming. Yeah. And so when something, like, rattles it or something isn't perfect about yeah. it, it's really frightening. Mm. And suddenly, like, it's almost like having this weird existential crisis of, like, mm. well, what the fuck do I do now? I know. If this isn't me, then who the hell am I? I know. I've definitely felt that a lot. Mm. But yeah, it's so... How other people see... They just see you... Yeah. It's like... I sometimes get a bit... Um, not annoyed, but like when if I'm in like a social setting, sometimes people who don't know me very well, all they'll, Tell a joke. All they'll do is say that or ask me questions about being a comedian. That's yeah. all people want to know about, which is fine because I get it's an interesting job. And for people who don't know you very well, they might mm. think that's like the right the way to talk to you. I don't know. What it, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Or being like, well, I guess you haven't noticed that I've just had my hair done, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> fine. But, just, yeah. I'll talk about comedy and stuff. But, but you do sometimes feel like, oh my God, I feel like my entire identity is is this. Yeah. And if, if I didn't have this, I, I don't know what I would be. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, it's An so... An empty shell. An empty shell. A of a human. <laughs> yeah. It's living in a vacuum. Yeah. And we talk a lot uh on this podcast about like what we learned in these Mm -hmm. moments and i've definitely had moments like that um and while they're so frightening and like so so awful and also i don't know hopefully you don't have the shit that i do where i like lie awake at night and then suddenly it will come into my mind and i'll be like oh fuck you yeah 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 and start like screaming at myself or like have shivers down my spine as i relive that moment (laughs) um i remember there was there was an actor who i had one of my most embarrassing encounters with like ever and i was like oh my god one day i'm gonna have to see him again i couldn't like watch anything that he was in because it like because it upset me so much and then i saw him and he had absolutely no fucking idea who i was Mm, mm. and so all of this wasted energy i had of being like oh my god he must hate me he thinks i'm an idiot i didn't even feature on his like of course people don't remember no everyone's just like thinking about themselves everyone is so (laughs) much more concerned about themselves and what they've done I can guarantee as well, like, that night, the, like, people in that audience, most of them would have walked away being like, oh, fuck, I forgot to feed the fucking cat. I had a thing that I actually had forgotten for 10 years and then it suddenly remembered it the other day. <laughs> They're I, always I was, fun. I was probably, like, 14, that kind of age. And I told... So I, no, I have no idea why I did this. Maybe I was trying to appear more interesting. Mm. I told somebody my parents were divorced. <laughs> I was like, yeah, my parents are divorced. And they were like, oh, really? How? And I was like, yeah, they divorced when I was eight. I just was just, li- I don't know why. It's a weird thing to lie about. <laughs> but then, like, two years, two years later, they met my parents. And they were like, oh, I thought your parents were divorced. Oh, my God, so great that you guys have reconciled. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, they're not divorced. And he said, oh, but you said they were divorced. It was just like, and I, I just suddenly remembered that the day. I was like, yeah, I did that, didn't I? Yeah. But uh, just what, why? It's a weird thing to lie about. 
But we do. There's like arbitrary like lies that don't benefit your life in any way. No, like I, I once, like <laughs> not that long ago, like in the last few years, I told a couple on an easy jet, <laughs> an easy mm. jet flight, that I was pregnant with twins. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why the fuck did I do that? Also, it was so bad. You're just like trying to create, like, create some other drama. some other existence for yourself. My like, friend used to do this. My friend who's an actor. This is a very, like, actor thing to do. Oh, go on. He would... I think he just gets, like, bored very easily. So if he's ever bored, he just, like, creates a drama. He'll just, like, manufacture some tension somewhere. <laughs> this is so bizarre, but he would... Apparently, when he was staying in hotels, he would order room service. And when they would come up, he would just be, like, hysterically crying. <laughs> But like acting, but they would bring the food in and he'd just be like in the corner of the room, like hysterically crying just to see how the hotel person would react. <laughs> so he would just do stuff like that. He would just like create. You can guarantee it ruined that hotel person. Yeah, like, they went downstairs like... and they were like, you will never believe what the fuck I've just seen. just like, why? <laughs> but he would do, he used to do that. He would just like, yeah, create weird situations. Oh my God, that's really funny. No, I, yeah, I sort of. Do you do that? I do it in, I, in Ubers quite a lot. Well, you just make stuff up. Yeah, like, I, like pretend to have a different accent or something. Mm, that's fun, isn't um, it? It is quite fun. Cause they, Would you ever, like, like, just say something really outrageous to see how they react? Um, I think I have done in the past. I, in fact, I know I have done in the past. I can't think of any particulars. Mm. I don't know. I definitely, I used to make up, like, a whole existence. And I've yes. had it a few times when you get caught out in a weird mm, lie mm. and your brain goes a million miles an hour where you can either go, okay, what excuse do I make up? Or you can just go, I was lying. A, an arbitrary lie, like telling someone your parents are divorced. <laughs> just, it's almost like a weird psychological... So why, why do you feel the need to do that? Was it just like a one-off thing? It was like a one-time... A yeah. one time moment when you no, but I I do think when I was a kid I would do a lot of that. I would just like randomly lie about stuff. Yeah, I think it was maybe because I was like attention seeking. Classic. And I thought that would be like would make me seem more interesting if my parents were divorced. Sure. Yeah. I would also do this thing a lot where I would because I was always trying to be funny with people. <laughs> if if anyone ever told me a funny story about something that happened to them, <laughs> I would just take it in my head and <laughs> add it to a list of things that happened to me. And then I would just start telling that story as if it happened to me. So I would do that a lot, just like collect other people's stories. But then obviously, like occasionally you would accidentally tell it to someone who also knew the person. Yeah. And they'd be like, wait, hang on, didn't that happen to... Not the person it happened was, to. That happened to Fred, didn't it? Not you. And then you'd be caught out. Caught up in your own life, yeah, so convinced just, that it actually happened yeah, to you by the amount of times I would do it. that a lot. Oh, but man. that's just, I think, classic, like... You know, yeah. attention seeking. So, returning to you in this moment and the following mm. six months, yeah, um, that sort of created a little bit of fear, a little bit of anxiety surrounding yeah. something that you had loved so much yeah. and did still love, but like yeah. a slight point of contention surrounding it. Mm. Um, like I found it really, really important as an actor to not let it consume my entire identity. Yeah. Because with with the things that we do, you're often, it's not, a lot of time you're not creating your own work. You've already invited yeah. to, to yeah, be yeah. places. And so yeah. a lot of the time people are going, no, no, you're not allowed to do what you, what you want to do. And it can really yeah. manifest into something quite negative, mm -hmm. um, all of this energy that you have. So I found it 
really important to have some kind of outlet, something else that makes me happy. Yeah. So, like, in this moment that was really, really difficult for you and was really stressful and really, really upsetting. Well, I think what it taught me about stand-up was, like I said, that it it can go wrong Mm. and it's scarier than I thought it was. Mm. And I actually think as I've got older, I find it scarier. I started doing it when I was so young it was almost I was almost like not aware of how scary it was because I was yeah. just too naive and too young to realize yeah but as you get older you sort of it's that thing where you the more you know about something the more you realize how little you know about it yeah Do you know what I mean by yeah. that yeah it's like so when, kids when, I, was, and when I was younger I, I, I kind of was like yeah stand-up's pretty easy isn't it like <laughs> you know I seem to be able to do it and people laugh and yeah this is great yeah but then something goes wrong like that or you just get better at it and you realize that you're not that good yeah it's just like you know i think it taught me to like work harder and respect it a bit more yeah yeah take it more seriously yeah absolutely maybe that was what i learned but that's so powerful when something i think it makes you really appreciate it as well and appreciate um opportunities a lot more and like appreciate success when it comes your way because you realize oh it's not easy and it is more fragile than i thought and things can go wrong at the drop of a hat but also because I was so young and things started happening for me quite quickly. Mm, so I started mm. when I was like 18. And then when I was 20, I was doing that tour with Jack yeah. Whitehall. So that was like pretty quick for that yeah, to happen. Yeah, really, really quick. But because I'd only been doing it for two years, I sort of was like, oh, I thought this is just normal, right? You just yeah. start and then you get 100%. given this big tour. Yeah. But now I'm older, I, I can... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss I can see that that was not normal mm. and I was incredibly lucky to be to have that given to me so young yeah yeah um but at the time you just think oh it's just normal isn't it yeah well you've got nothing to really compare, yeah, you can't compare it to against anything, um yeah. yeah and it's uh I had it when I came out of drum school I was like working constantly I was like this yeah. is this is easy yeah, yeah i don't know why people complain about acting this is this is yeah. so easy yeah and um i uh finished a show got offered this other show that was really really great and my agents at the time were like this isn't the right move for you right now and i was like yeah of course because i'm getting another job in 10 seconds yeah and then i was out of work for 10 months after that yeah and like it gave me such a kick up the yeah, ass yeah. of like oh wait this is not this mm. this isn't a given mm-hmm. i can't like rest on my laurels and just think that I'm going to get a job. Actually, no, I need to work really fucking hard. Yeah, totally. Um, it's like if I if I was doing something on TV back then, mm. I would have been quite blasé about it and mm. been like, 
I, I wouldn't I would have prepared but not that much yeah yeah whereas if I do something now I take it way more seriously and yeah. I prepare way more because I'm more aware now of like how important and what and how lucky you are to have that opportunity yeah but back when you're younger you just you're a bit more like oh yeah just like kind of a way more fuck it attitude and it's like um maybe that's a good thing I don't know maybe it's but it's good to have a more a more relaxed attitude. I don't know. I think it like there are elements of it being really good. I also think that it's um really important to have a knowledge a knowledge of both. And like it's the same way that I talk about things like addiction or mental health. That when you're kind of coasting in the good parts of it, you're all just doing your thing and you're on this like rickety bridge and it's really fun and you're having a great time. But then if yeah. something falls, it's all going to go crashing to shit. Yeah. Whereas if you have this knowledge of building quite a solid foundation, you can mm. kind of fuck around and jump around, but you know that you're going to land on something mm. quite stable afterwards. So those lessons, as like awful as they are, are so important. Yeah, and then totally. we end up being really, really grateful for them in the end. Totally. And Nagel always say things are you know, separated between categories of these amazing, wonderful, wonderful things that are so joyful and great. And then these fucking awful, awful moments, which mm. then turn into really great stories. Afterwards. Yeah. But like, I also think, like you said earlier about, as I've got older, I've, I've realised to try not to base my happiness on career things. 100%, That's yeah. That's a big lesson. Mm-hmm. And I think I've only really recently kind of learned that. Yeah. Or maybe I'm still learning it now. But I would, I would always base my self worth on like what I was doing, hundred percent work wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you dive between this kind of like ecstasy and despair. Yeah. And it's um, and it can be really, really addictive. And when it's going great, it's amazing. Yeah. But um, it's not stable. You do some something in your career that you wanted to achieve, and you achieve it, mm. and then you realize that you don't oh, yeah. really feel that different. I'm how no you happier. Felt. Yeah. I'm if anything, like, you feel more like. Oh, fuck, I'm like, oh no, I have to do this other thing, shit. So like, it never really yeah. kind of goes away, that feeling. No, no, you never, ever, ever stop striving for more. And when you, when someone who's in your peer group yeah. gets, you know, on TV for the first time or they get some big gig or they get asked to host some show, sure, it can, it can be really easy to get, like, quite yeah. frustrated by that and be like... yeah. Oh, f- fuck, I, why am I not doing that? Why am I not doing that? And you're like, oh, God, I'm so happy for you. Yeah, and, and people, mm. you know, will do this thing where they pretend to be really happy for everyone, but actually everyone's really competitive. And Yeah, and it's it's so toxic. And it's like one big lesson um, is that I've really learned to be very, like, happy for everyone in their own moment because mm. things change so so quickly yeah. and when one minute it's someone else and it like next minute it's yeah. you yeah and um when it is your turn it's so great to have people supporting supporting you around you and yeah. you only really have those people if you've given that support in return right and so yeah. it's sort of it's just that thing of basically not looking sideways no I yeah i think is is what i found like oh my god if i loved it i was like oh my you know i'm very very happy with this podcast mm-hmm. but if i compared it to like nearly words whatever jamie's up to Meghan markle's Meghan, is Meghan markle got a podcast? <laughs> she's got a podcast isn't she yeah i yeah can't wait <laughs> I, <laughs> I would be like oh well my my podcast is dog shit right like I sort of, and but you were all on your own on your own journey. Yeah, totally. And that someone said something to me once where they were like, they had a big epiphany when they realised that someone else having success doesn't mean there's less success around for you to have. It's absolutely. like absolutely. It's it's not like they're taking 
it off the table and it suddenly means that there's less for you to have. There's enough for it to go around, there's everyone. There's so much to go around. And that, that, yeah. they said that was like a big breakthrough moment when they kind of realised that. Yeah. Um, it's a big thing, I think, aesthetically as well, because, you know, a lot of, as women, we talk about this and I think it comes with age and understanding, but um, learning in a similar vein that the the presence of someone else's beauty is not the absence of your own. Right. And like, yeah. the, you'll always compare and despair. Yeah. Um, and learning to just be, and I'm, I'm like, I say learning and I'm so healed and doing it every day. I'm fucking not like. I, it's yeah. hard. I mean, I, I um, three years ago, learned transcendental meditation. I find it really difficult to meditate, but please do tell me about this well, because no, I'm I, trying to get I'm, into it. I, it's basically just like sitting quietly for 20 minutes. Lovely. That's, that's basically what it is. It's just like closing your eyes <laughs> and they give you this mantra that you have to like repeat in your head right. for 20 minutes. Okay. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a... And you're, and you're given it. It's not one that you make up for yourself. I suppose, well, I, I went and did like a course where they like, they teach you how to do it. Oh, great. Like, it, it was cool. Really yeah. good. It was good. And I go through periods where I'm much better at doing it than yeah. others. But I notice that when I am doing it, I'm way calmer mm -hmm. and I'm way less likely to get angry about someone else doing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would notice that, like, if I... I d I've deleted Twitter now, but when I had Me Twitter... Me too, I did it the other day. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's the best. It's so great to Twitter. have that off my phone. <laughs> Twitter is such dog shit. But I would, like, I would notice that I would be on Twitter and I would be... I would refresh it and something would come up and it would be mm -hmm. someone I know mm -hmm. announcing that they've they they've got a part in something. Yeah, yeah, and I would immediately feel this like pang of rage. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I noticed that that went kind of went away when I was doing the meditation. I just didn't care as much about that stuff. Oh, good. And I'm not always great at doing it, but I have noticed that when I'm doing that, I'm less yeah. angry. It's like I often I found it like back in the days before I started recovery that like if there was something like really big that happened or I was really distressed, I'd be like, okay, now is the moment when I like need to pay attention to my mental health, whatever, yeah. rather than treating it like a muscle and actually keeping it like going like Doing base it level. every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because um, that's how it actually works. It's like, it's like taking pills, you know, um, with antidepressants, like the thing you really don't want to do is start taking them and the minute you start feeling better, go, cool, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. done with those Yeah, now. yeah, exactly. Um, and is then, there anything you do like every day? Like a like routine kind of knitting. I knit every single day. Did you knit day. that? The jumper you're wearing. I actually didn't. Oh, and for do you know what? For a tiny second, I was about to be like, yes. <laughs> you were gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> for a tiny second, I was like, and then I, I find out later you didn't knit it. No, <laughs> when someone's wearing the exact same. <laughs> yeah. Um, you got that to the original Emily Ling. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't knit this, but I did actually knit something very similar that was based off of this pattern. So you know, it's not a complete lie. Okay. But um, I found knitting uh, it just like really quietens my mind. So I guess that's like a form of meditation. It's it's definitely a form meditation, of meditation, isn't it? Um, Anything that like calms your mind. Mm, mm. People get it from like exercising or swimming or knitting. Knitting. For knitting. You. Knitting is the big one. But I like. I also find it. I often find it quite difficult to concentrate for prolonged periods of time. Yeah. Um, especially if I'm watching like TV or film. And so knitting at the same time, I find yeah. really, really useful because I just like stay in some way present rather yeah. than just, I don't know if you ever, like I do it when I'm reading or at the theatre. 
suddenly it will be like 20 minutes later. I'll be like, where the fuck was I? I've got so many books in my flat that I've read the first 10 pages of. <laughs> and then I just, they've all, 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 the, action all the books in my flat have the page turned down at about page 10. <laughs> and then I put them back on the shelf. Because I, I've never, I've never like, spoken to anyone about it but it feels like a sort of form of ADHD that's exactly what I was gonna say yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like I just I lose interest in things Mm-mm. I just I'm really interested for a bit and then I just lose interest but almost without realizing that you've done mm. it you don't make a conscious decision to lose interest it's literally yeah. like suddenly you're doing something else and I'm yeah like, how how did that happen and I do yeah I think that's like a form of ADHD but apparently when you go and get formally diagnosed with ADHD. And I've been formally diagnosed with so many things and I really don't need another one right now. But it was something to maybe pay attention to in the future. But like you have to, um, I was talking to my dad about this, you have to bring like school reports. But all my school reports say, they always use the word diligent and that I was really hardworking. And I remember when I was at school and getting these reports going, how the fuck am I getting away with this? Yeah. Because I do no work yeah. i am not diligent at all yeah how, how i'm just going to pretend and like pretend i'm i'm like i am doing the hard work and i'm really really diligent yeah but i absolutely fucking wasn't at all but i think that says more about my teachers and how little attention they were paying were you able to like keep up appearances i guess i like, must get have been. grades and stuff and, yeah yeah so yeah. i guess if you're getting good grades but i think but i was literally i did no work yeah yeah but then, you know, Jamie did no work and look how that turned out. He's now international CEO. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, what I would like to know after that, you know, a moment that was really hard, but that did teach you a lot and you made your way back from it, doing incredible work now. Has there been a particular moment in your career so far that has been really, really wonderful that you were really proud of yourself and you were like, yeah, what I've, what I've done here is really good? I've just come back from doing the Edinburgh Festival mm. for a month. Rave reviews. Well, Deadline described me as an absolute hoot. So <laughs> make of that what you will. Any readers of Deadline. <laughs> an absolute hoot. <laughs> I'm definitely using that on my next post. Um... They're obviously the big ones we wanted to get in. <laughs> so I found, um, I found... This is a picture of you as an owl, sorry. Yeah, yeah, my next show is called An Absolute Hoot. <laughs> and he dresses as an owl. It's a good idea. I'll write that down. Oh, yeah. But I found, um, I found the, the writing of that show very um, satisfying mm. and quite fulfilling. And I and I was really I am I'm still doing it really pleased with that show because nice. it's I really feel like it's the best show I've done and I don't know I just you I get sort of writing new material really um kind of re-energizes me and I feel like I'm yeah sometimes I get quite stagnant if I'm doing the same stuff over and over again yeah yeah, yeah. and actually whenever I feel like that what I need to do is just write something new and put something new in and then suddenly everything feels more energized. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I think I find writing quite um, satisfying. Yeah. Also very hard and yeah. frustrating. Yeah. But ultimately quite satisfying. Yeah, this other sort of creative outlet where mm. you can put all like this this energy that you have into creating something. And I find 
when I'm writing, there are some days when I'm like, oh, I am nailing it and I can write yeah. everything in one go. And then there are some days when literally I can't get three yeah. words out. You doing this podcast, like I, I'm about to start doing one with a friend of mine and even just the process of like us planning it and talking about it. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting excited about it. Yeah. And that I feel like just makes the rest of my life. I feel like I, I've learned that I'm happier when I'm like working on something. Mm, if I'm mm-hmm. not doing anything it's and like, my brain is free to like roam that's when you know I start to unravel that's exactly it it's almost like it's as basic as going like I've got something to talk about at the dinner table of going oh what are you up to right now from being like just um knitting I need like (laughs) I need some kind of thing I'm working on that I can tell people I'm doing yeah 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 yeah. because I I think you probably have the same thing where the most terrifying question you can ask, like an actor or a comedian, is what, what, what are you up, up to? What now? are you up to at the moment? And if you don't have an answer for that, you feel like dog shit. Oh, you feel... it's the worst. So, like having something to say when people are like, "What are you up to right now?" Mm. just makes you feel better. That was the one thing about COVID is that, like, because no one was up to anything, yeah, so we, and so we, someone we... went, "What are you up to?" I was like, "Oh, you know what? I had a really nice walk today." Like, what do you knit? Mainly jumpers or scarves? No, I've only knit one jumper and it's not good. Um, do you give them away? So I'm making, um, and this sounds like I'm presenting myself as some kind of saint. I'm actually not at all because I get so much enjoyment out of it. I'm knitting um, baby booties for premature babies. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's very sweet. I know. I'm such a good oh person. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And then sending some things off to the Ukraine. Oh, that's very it. sweet. Yeah. See, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's like something else going on in your life that's not yeah. thinking about yourself it's all literally, the time. And that's exactly it. And they spend so much time, you know, being Maybe so... you should have a kid. This is what... This what? Friends of mine have been like, when they had children, yeah. they suddenly felt so much happier because they're not just thinking about themselves the whole time. Well, you say that. It's funny you say that. Because I am getting a house rabbit. A rabbit, yeah, well, that'll do it. Yeah, I'm getting a child. I'm getting a child. <laughs> <laughs> I've ordered one. No, I'm getting, I'm getting a house rabbit literally for that exact, yeah, just exact like, reason. But I think people get that with pets and their dogs and yeah. something else to think about. This was Tom Lucy. Thank you so, so much for guesting on my podcast. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on and... You know, you are amazing. Thank you. Likewise. (laughs) (laughs) Join me next week when my guest is my soon-to-be, sister-to-be, Sophie Habu. I can't wait. Send your stories or get in touch at contact at whydoyouthink.com. To have your story read on the podcast, please put Survivor Story either in the subject line or at the top if you're sending by direct message on Instagram. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and I'll talk to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.